of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Potato Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and watch movies that you absolutely should have already seen, but one of us never has. And this is crazy. This is our 100th episode. That's that, what I was going to say. It's not just another. N- not another. Yeah. This is a, 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 a staple of, of Rotten Potatoes that you found yourselves upon. It's just another one of our 100th episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Well, this is like our what thirtieth hundredth episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we <laughs> didn't release ten thousand. We didn't release the other ones. But <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I'm Jake. I'm Tyler. I'm, I'm Zach. I'm Scott. No, I'm really excited that that we. To be honest, this is a a, a milestone that I really never thought that we would get to. Re- there was never a question in my mind that we would get here. Really? Uh huh. Oh, I for thought sure we would thought. burn out. Really? Yeah. When, I didn't think we were going like to like the first what? recording. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, this is it. I was like, uh, we, we'll probably do a season, maybe two. Interesting. At the beginning, like yeah. as we kept going, I was like, okay, like we're finding a rhythm now. Like it's cool. Do you wish that we had? Quit? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I think yeah. Scott didn't want to release episode one. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. I was in love with this podcast really from the first episode. I just didn't think that everyone else would have the the same commitment to longevity. Uh, I do it mostly to hang out with you guys, not for the, the podcast. That's why all of us do it, I think, for the most part. I can't stand you guys. I'm here for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense, Jake. Yeah. Like given all of our other interactions outside of the podcast. Yeah. I just, we don't have any. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm like, and every time we do, like we're forced into the same situation, like at Scott's bachelor party, yeah, I was no, like, no. Uh, Jake hates me. Yeah. He don't he, speak to me. He has his own trailer. He doesn't interact <laughs> with us. Similarly to Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Berkman in uh, Casablanca, the movie that we're going to be talking about today. Did they not interact with each other at all? Not much because Humphrey Bogart's wife thought that he was having an affair with her. Wow. Wow. Zach, I also got to say you're getting real good at those like breaking us from being ridiculous to transitioning us into what we're actually talking about. That was was pretty good. Smooth. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to try to make it harder on you. Uh, we will, we're, we're super grateful that you guys, uh, either have found us at our hundredth episode or, or found us along the way. And we're especially grateful to all the tots that have listened to us all the way through 100 episodes. Thank you so much. At the end of this episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about our hundred episodes so far and, uh, a special, uh, maybe like prize or, or surprise or for, giveaway or giveaway for you guys for all so, the little tiny tater tots out there. <laughs> So make sure to make it through the end of this episode. But let's talk about one of the most acclaimed movies of all time, Casablanca. Zach, you nominated this movie. How mm-hmm. come? I did. Um, because it's uh, Casablanca. It's one of the, like you said, like one of the most famous movies of all time. So I guess similarly to like CK, uh, what, what else have we done? Like Psycho. psycho. Like it's just, you just got to do it. If Schindler's have, List. Yeah, yeah, you know, Talladega Nights, like <laughs> Wedding Crashers. These movies uh, that, that you just got to do. Last Castle movie. Last Castle. I had to search the, for the name. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Last Castle. Just these movies that like the AFI has on their list and says <clears> you should see. Yeah, that's fair. So like this is an honorable mention, but Last Castle is like spots one through ten. R- correct. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Zach, had you seen this before or no? I had never seen it before, no. So I'm super curious. I had never seen this before. I had Scott, not. Jake, is this the first movie that none of us have seen? I think we said that a few episodes ago about uh, something, but... Yeah, I've, I never saw it. Yeah, you, you had never seen it, Jake? No. We, we have an entirely late bloomer movie. Which is exciting. I we, think it has happened once before, but I don't remember when. We yeah, we talked about it uh, recently. I think it was the last castle because I think we were no. the first four who had ever watched. <laughs> yeah, of all time. I think you're right. Yeah. No, there was. I think there was a movie this year that we were all late bloomers on, but we had talked about that it hadn't happened before. And I went back and tried to look, and I I think that that was true. Whatever the last time we said that was, audience will tell us. I'm sure. I'm sure they have a, a tracker of who's seen what movie. They're I'm, upset I'm that I'm we sure. don't have this fact checked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're real pissed that, that we've said this off that I said that off this the cuff information about ourselves that we don't know. <laughs> Was it Godfather two? Maybe I'd seen Godfather two. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, before, uh, we get into nothing but late bloomer, uh, reactions to this movie. What do you say? We jump into a little bit of just the facts about this movie. And I'm drawing out my dialogue on this as long as I can, because Scott was scrolling way back in our document. Hey, let, let me do my thing. Right? I, I was, but I was trying to give you yeah, runway you it, and, and then you, you called me out to all well, the time. You weren't like, I was running can out I, of things uh, to you're say. You're making me look bad in front of the wizards, man. Can I give some notes uh, on our sheet? Maybe we should just keep a column. Like who hasn't seen this movie? So we just know. Yeah. I mean, we could probably go back and retroactively do that still. Sure. Yeah. Because I remember which ones I hadn't seen before. No, yeah. for sure. I think that's what Jake's saying. That's yeah. And then going precisely forward. what I thought saying. he was saying going forward. No, like backfill and then going forward. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a wonderful idea, Jake. And and one of these days, uh, for all you tiny tots out there, we are going to release this information to the public. Uh, but so we're just not ready yet. I've know? set it what up. If that so was the prize. Like the winner gets access to see this information. <laughs> <laughs> the crappiest prize of all time. <laughs> this information that we read to them anyways. Uh, and that we, yeah, that we've expounded on, on, we like read the to them. Internet. We forget immediately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's no. A great prize. I have, I actually have it set up. You guys don't know I did this, but I put heart monitors on us. So then when, the last one of us dies. This goes public. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. pretty sweet. Uh, how did you get <laughs> that heart sweet. monitor on me? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Will it get a misread with all my heart palpitations? No, it really makes sure you're dead. Okay. <laughs> all right, Scott, let's, uh, why don't you hit us with a little bit of just the facts about Casablanca? Yep. This was directed by Michael Curtis, uh, written by, <laughs> it's a Z. I Curtis. know. It's just, that, that just seemed like the, uh, what's the comedian, uh, from the hangover, Zach Galifianakis that has that, that, uh, little character about, uh, manly guys that say everything manly except for one thing. And oh, it's Skittles. Yeah. Skittles. Uh, this was written by Julius Epstein and Philip Epstein and Howard Koch. Unfortunate uh, names. Uh, yeah. Uh, release date January 23rd, 1943 has a runtime of 102 minutes. The other guys gave this a 99%. IMDb gave it an 8.5. It had a box office of $4 million on a budget of almost a million. It was 0.95 million. It won three Academy Awards for best picture, best director, best writing, and then lost five other Academy Awards for best lead actor, best supporting actor, best cinematography, best film editing, and best music. And the best supporting actor there was Claude Rains. Scott, can you, uh, real quick, uh, have we had any other guys, uh, 99%? Is that, uh, is that our first or our highest 
rating from the other guys. Scott just starts scrolling so slow again. So we have three other, no, two other 99%. We had Citizen Kane and Lady Bird. Oh, which we haven't which, done. Uh, which is, <laughs> I was like, I know I've never watched sneak, Lady Bird. Sneak peek to later this season. We won't let you know who's nominating. <laughs> another I feel movie, like they can guess it's not your eye. Another movie that people consider one of the greatest movies of all time. Ladybird? It's number 11 after uh, the 10th last castle. Oh, okay. oh yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, uh, let's just go uh, around the room geographically in a way that makes no sense to anyone uh, that's not anyone who's not in this room. So why don't we start with Scott? What were your uh, initial reactions to this? Uh, it was I liked it. I thought it was really good, actually. Um, I, I felt a little bit like um, the payoff was missing for me a little bit. Like I wish there was something else there in the end, but uh, overall I really liked the movie. Uh, I liked the characters. I thought it was fun and I wasn't quite sure where it was going. I thought for how old it was, I thought it stood up pretty well. Um, I thought the acting was decent. Um, Yeah. I would say overall I liked it. Zach, what about you? Um, I thought we were going, yeah, this threw even <laughs> me up. That was my whole point. I'm, I'm in the room. Tyler's doing, doing a physical gag for no one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked the movie too. Um, I I think I probably echo most of what Scott said. Like, I think I have a tendency to struggle with older movies. And this is, I think, the second oldest movie that we have mm. done now at this point. But I really didn't. I was pretty engaged with it the entire time. I don't feel like it was slow really at any point. I feel like it was paced really well. Um, I was never really bored with it. I was engaged the entire time. I believe that uh, when we were doing some research that the Writers Guild of America said this was the third best script of all time, I believe. Maybe they said the first. I think they said the first. I I think think AFI ranked it third best. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they said this is the best script of all time. I don't know movies well enough to agree with that or not, but like I, I wouldn't say I disagree with that. I thought the script was really good. Um, I thought the set deck was really good. I thought the story was good and like doing a little bit of my own personal research into like, I guess the, um, allegories behind it in, in terms of like relating it to the war and whatnot, I thought was really interesting. I think I do struggle to see why this is in the running for one of the best films of all time. It didn't, like it didn't reach that for me. I think we've kind of talked about different movies that we've done that like people will say are some of the best, if not the best, like CK, Godfather, even Vertigo. I think I liked this more than Vertigo, but I definitely liked CK and Godfather more than this movie. Uh, I think by quite a bit. I think CK for sure takes the cake. I mean, CK did nothing beats CK. Nice Obviously. simp work. Yeah. Nice simp work. Uh, you you said something though before we move on. Uh, wanted to ask you about you. You talked about the set deck, but how was the product design for you on this movie? A little lackluster. Yeah, I, I, that's another thing. CK's uh, uh, product design way better. Yeah the 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 sled that mm-hmm. like every kid in America owned, right? Yeah, the and Rosebud like my sled. Orson Welles action figure that like I played with all the time as a kid. Well, and <laughs> I I have five copies of the snow globe. Yeah, I think we all had a, at least five. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry I snorted I got, into the mic, guys. <laughs> Zach just really caught me off guard. I got a snow globe every year for Christmas. 
Right. And it was the same one. It was mm-hmm. that sn- it was the snow globe from CK. Well, you the snow didn't... globe like eventually ev- like every snow globe stops working like we were the, too poor. We didn't have snow globes. Falls and then like what <laughs> they, are you going to do? All this Scott's family could afford were the little sand pianos. <laughs> which I bully kids if they got a sand piano for yeah, Christmas. That's all I got was a sand piano. Oh my god. But the actual wasn't it the actual sand piano sold in an auction in 2012 for like $600,000? Wait, was yeah. it really? Is yeah. that I, I yeah, know we so were only poor for a while people can really buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd bully you if, if that's how much you paid yeah. for that piano. I would probably honestly. <laughs> it's a lot of money for a piano. I don't, I don't think I'd bully anyone who could just throw that kind of cash down. No, I would bully prop. them. Oh, well. Yeah, I would go to their house. I res- <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. Um, so I guess am I, Ty, Ty pointed at me, but nobody <laughs> We're going to mix it up. Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, take it. That's fair. Uh, I, you know, I liked, but didn't love this movie. I thought that it really did hold, uh, it held up over time. I, I agree. I think that this was a really like good script, especially like, you know, some of the things that we've watched around this period, Um, and certainly I think it's influential, obviously hearing some of these lines that I have heard, uh, you know, I guess like motifed in other situations, especially in comedies, uh, pointing back to this movie, it was like, oh man, now I get all of those cultural references, especially like the one that we heard of all the gin joints. I I've used that quote without knowing, what I was quoting, to be honest. And then of course, here's looking at you kid. And, uh, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, really great, uh, moments. I really like the overall plot. Um, I thought the cinematography was, uh, stunning. I thought it was really, really mm-hmm. avant-garde. It was ahead of its time, how they, uh, like sort of melded some different like film styles together. Um, or, or I guess like techniques, filming techniques, and especially some lighting techniques I thought was really unique and interesting. Um, I thought the acting was good. To be honest, I don't, I don't necessarily have a lot of love for older acting. I think that's the thing that in my mind, um, is the weakest, like that that's gotten stronger and been improved on as time goes on. Uh, but overall I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Casablanca for the first time. Well, this is a bit unexpected, but I feel like I was the one who was maybe into it the least. I thought it was good, you know, and I, I, I completely support the pick. Like, I feel like it was almost a little stupid for us to ask why Zach picked this. Like he could have just said it's Casablanca full stop. Yeah. Of course. You know, like it's, I mean, arguably the most famous movie ever. Like I, we got to do it. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I think that was just a lot of expectations. Like, uh, I like old movies and yeah. I'm really into them. So I think I was expecting to really love it. And maybe I was a little let down because I just didn't see it. Like, I, I don't see this as the greatest movie of all time. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. And I think if I would have gone into it with no expectations of it being the greatest movie of all time, maybe I would have been a little bit happier. But I walked out of it being like, yeah, that was good. You know, uh, I think I echo a lot of what people say. But yeah, I, I don't think it's bad anyway. I think it's good. But I didn't, I wasn't wowed like I have been before. Like when, like we talked about Vertigo, like, I watched Vertigo for the first time for this podcast, I think. And I remember in the middle of it, that's when the twist happens. I was like, what? Whoa. And then I was like, kind of like all over the place. Like, I don't know. And then I, I walked out of the movie feeling like that was great, but I didn't get that here. So I think I was a, maybe just a little bit let down by my expectations more than anything. I don't typically like old movies. So I didn't have high expectations, even though everyone does like 
talk about it, which is why I think it was enjoyable for me. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Scott. I think that I <clears throat> have had a history, um, especially when we've done really anything previous to 1980. I'm, I'm, I think that I am one of the harder critics of some of the some of the older movies of this group. Um, I, I just don't often resonate with them and some of them I've seen before and, and I still just don't resonate with it that much. But this, I don't know for whatever reason, maybe it was the timeliness, you know, obviously this was released while we were in world war two and that's old. I know. Yeah. Well it is though for us, you know, no, like, that that's old for the time, you know? Oh, right. Old news. Yeah. There was uh Zach had read uh, like a piece of trivia that, uh, audiences at the time were, uh, or critics at the time, maybe thought. I think it was studios. They were like, this movie is this script. It, it's not timely. It's too dated. And it's like, <laughs> this probably could have happened yesterday. Right. <laughs> and in fact it did because they, they released this movie. Warner brothers released this movie ahead of schedule, uh, in order to coincide with the publicity of the United States, uh, first getting into Africa in world war two, which is of course where this takes place. Yeah, so like, why couldn't they have done something a little more recent? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like happening right now in the world. That was maybe my craziest thought during the movie, where I was like, they have like guys playing Nazis in the middle of like they're they're talking about like the success of the Third Reich in the middle of it, like when we did right. not know if the Third Reich was going to end. Yeah, this is not Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, right? like just absolutely crazy to me, like the gall of them for like putting this movie out in the middle of the war. And either, uh, you know, uh, acquiring or copying like Nazi uniforms. Like I wasn't really paying too much attention to the accuracy of that, but like. No, I wasn't either, but it, because it, I was just so shocked. I was like, because I, I looked at it and I was like, when did this movie come out? And then I was like, it's like 1942. I was like, oh, so we're, we're in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. And we're just, we're just going for it. Like, Hey, let's throw some Nazis on the screen. Like let, let's watch. And I, I just, I can't, I don't know Like, if I was at the time, I don't know that I would have been into this movie. Cause I'd have been like, yeah, like this is the worst thing to ever happen. And it's right. still happening. It's still happening. Well, and it makes you think too, I hadn't really considered this until you brought it up, but we think about like certain actors like Jason Isaacs, who is like, known for playing like villainous roles really well, like known for being a, the, the most hated man on screen uh -huh. kind of a thing. Uh, but what was it like for these actors to then go out through the rest of their lives mm -hmm. and people recognizing him, them in the street as the Nazi? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting too, is that like, um, it, that, that's a really interesting point. Like uh, it would be really interesting to hear how the public reacted to these actors, but even more so, I think, um, knowing that any of the Nazis, I believe it was any of the Nazi characters were portrayed by German Jews who escaped from Nazi Germany. Wow. Yeah, like uh, just on the heels of getting out of this and then having to like well, show it. While they have people that they know and maybe love in concentration camps that were, were in a movie dealing with the not only Germans, but this man's uh, either escape or release of a concentration camp and being pursued by the Germans, Victor Laszlo, the character uh, in the middle of people being murdered on mass. So as far as one of the biggest misses of all time, I would say that that studios being like, this is too dated. Maybe is the biggest <laughs> miss of all time. Yeah. Like I would say it's almost too timely. 
yeah. if anything. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I wonder if it was kind of perfect, like perfect timing. Yeah, no, like, but what I'm saying is like, if, if you have one criticism of the time it comes out, it's that, Hey, this is too, too recent. It's yeah. definitely like, not. It's too not like, dated. Hey, yeah. who, Oh, sh- I, I, right. that's some old yeah. stuff, you know? I agree with you. But do you, do you think that if you were like, what, like if you were there and watched it when it was released, do you feel like you would have felt like it was too timely? Like I'm not ready Honestly, engage with this yet. Like it's hard to say because like, sure. I like we've kind of lived through a wartime, but I was a kid you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't really remember what it was like. Uh, but I feel like I might've been like, Hey, like I'm hearing about this every day and I want to like not hear about this for a little while, you yeah. know? So yeah. maybe, maybe I wouldn't have been into it. Yeah. And I almost wonder too, because you know, you think about back to this time, uh, you know, where, uh, movies were some, like it was a place where people went to not only be entertained, but also to get information before movies, they would often roll newsreels about what was happening in the war. And that was how most people really got mm-hmm. exposed to what was actually happening uh-huh. in the rest of the world was in the movie theater. And so, uh, you know, I almost imagine it's, I, I imagine that somewhere in the United States before this movie aired and before someone saw it for the first time in theater, that they're watching a newsreel for what's going on or a propaganda piece for what's going on over at Rick's over at Rick's. <laughs> yeah. they, they just cut to us soldiers just like cheersing at Rick's. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, while you guys were all chatting, um, I doing the podcast, doing the, <laughs> yeah. doing the thing that I'm supposed to be helping with. Uh, I was, uh, looking at all of our oldest films and out of the 20 oldest movies we've done, Zach and Jake have picked 17 of the 20. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I had picked two of the three and you had picked one. Wow. And so you're, and you're, which, uh, which supports film. my, yeah, yeah which well, supports my, uh, my estimation. I'm guessing that my oldest film was probably Schindler's List. I don't remember what it was, but it was 1980. Oh, I would guess it was okay. The Weapon. The Weapon's older than Schindler's List. Oh, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. It was, it was, it was probably Lethal Weapon. Although that was in the the mid to late eighties, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's super funny and and underscores my my uh, prejudice that that this honestly uh, survived against my prejudice. So. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just like the battle of expectations here. Like, yeah, I, I came in like I came in honestly pretty stoked. I was like, I'm really excited to watch Casablanca. I think this is going to be awesome. And so I was underwhelmed, you know. But if I would have if I would have known nothing about it, I, I could see myself really liking it. Mm. You know, like I had never seen uh, just this last weekend. I'd never seen the haunting. Uh, and my dad was watching it on TV when I was at my parents' house. I was like, Oh, I'm pretty into this, you know, but I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know what was going on. And it was like, I don't know if the haunting has been remade, but it was old, old. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think I might've liked it better if I didn't think of it as this like mythic movie the yeah. best movie right it's, it's interesting i feel like i find myself in the middle i i didn't go into it stoked like expecting to like have my socks blown off but i also didn't go into it thinking like kind of like uh tyler and scott with low expectations um and i'm i'm more in your guys's camp where like i don't necessarily enjoy movies old old movies all the time but i can go and do a little bit of research and see why people consider these movies great and kind of come away with an appreciation and I did that a little bit for this movie and I did a little bit like I did come away a little more appreciative of it, but not by that much. And I feel like one of the things like one of the reoccurring sentiments about this movie that I kept coming 
coming across where people saying like, well, the on-screen chemistry between Bogart and Bergman is just so palpable and so real and great. And my response to that would be, no, it's not. I didn't think that they really had very much chemistry at all. And I granted, it's an old movie. Maybe if I watched it at the time, I would have thought that way. But it was a lot of people saying like, years later, their romance is still so real. I didn't, I don't agree with that. I felt like they, their relationship was like super undercooked and I mean, it was necessary for the plot, so I didn't mind it, but like it was not emotionally engaging in the slightest for me. I felt like what's, uh, I forgot Humphrey Bogart's character's name, uh, but I felt like Rick, yeah, Rick, yeah, Rick's, (laughs) um, I don't know. He's just pretty muted, you know? So like, I, I, I don't feel like I didn't walk away with this thing. Like that he had a lot of chemistry with anyone. And I liked his character a lot, and I feel like him playing it muted was perfect for the character. But then I feel like he was also still muted when he was interacting with Ilsa. And and I think that this would have been one of those, like, if they had a lot of chemistry or, like, whatever. like, Like, he was so muted, and if he would have been a little bit less so with Ilsa on screen, then then there would have been a lot of, like... It put a, probably would have been pretty impactful when I've yeah. seen it. Well, and it's funny that you bring this up, Zach and, and Jake, that you have the, the same take. I have the exact same opinion. And and actually, I, I felt like uh, Ilsa had about as much uh, romantic chemistry with Laszlo, who is honestly like pretty much a nobody character. Yeah, like, that was... He was important to the plot, but not important to our... Uh, yeah, no, I didn't discovery and I didn't understand her and her real feelings and her real motivations. I don't think like yeah. I was thinking about it afterwards and I still don't know who she loved and what she wanted. Yeah. And I don't know. I could have used a little bit more. Well, something and maybe to uh, maybe to to uh, put this back on the script itself. She even says like to Rick, like you're going to have to choose for the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't even know if she really loves either of them. I think she just wants to survive. And I think she keeps going with whoever helps her survive. Well, maybe maybe it's survive. Although she says to Laszlo, like, just leave me. And he's like, I I intend to. And she was like, well, then why don't you leave me in all of these other circumstances where he could have left her, but he didn't. I don't think it's survive. I think she's looking to mean something to another human being like because she just means nothing uh you know to to anybody in her life and so she's she's gravitating toward being meaningful to another human being and so while it was laszlo you know off screen before the story starts it was laszlo and then when he gets thrown into the concentration camp and presumed dead she just falls in with Rick. And then once she discovers that Laszlo's alive, she just goes back to that. Like, I think that she just wants to be important. I don't think I agree with either of those takes, honestly, nice. but I don't, right, I don't know what it is. Cause like okay. counter to what Scott said, like it would have been way easier for her to survive with, you know, not the guy that had the biggest target on his back to the third round. Right. Right. You know, like with Rick instead of Laszlo who like Laszlo was such a wanted man. It would have been way easier for her to survive with Rick. Also Rick had connections and knew how to get her places. But then, uh, like counter to what you said, I think she clearly meant a lot more and was more important to Rick than she was to Laszlo because Laszlo's like most important thing to him was the work he was doing. And like, that was chief, like behind, like everything else fell behind the work he was doing and what he was about. So like, if she wanted to be with somebody who like she was important to, she would have been with Rick. 
And and I hear you, and I think you're right, but I'm gonna like counterpoint yeah. because her and Laszlo's interaction, where where she brings up all the times that it was more dangerous for her to st- for him to stay with her, where she was like incapacitated for some reason, and he stuck around with her. I think that while you're right, the work was uh, of ultimate importance to him. Uh, I think that he struggled with her being penultimately and alternatively at times ultimately important to him even over his uh his fight for as a a freedom fighter of some kind we don't really understand what he did but i I could be wrong but i feel like i remember him uh almost explicitly saying like what i am doing is the most important thing no he Uh, does yeah Yeah, so like like i I just mean that that she points out a little in a little bit of subtext she points out that uh that's that's something that he tells himself but i don't think that's inherently true interesting i'll have to think about that but yeah i don't know i still but in this this points to my confusion as to her motivations because i I still don't think i agree with either of you yeah and i don't know what it is that she wanted zach do you have a take (laughs) uh no i don't really care about any of that part of the movie i just think it's (laughs) (laughs) what do you have a take my take is i do not care you don't care about just like you know the love triangle that's at the center of this plot Mm -mm, no okay i just think it's funny that it's our 100th episode and we're all just very soft on (laughs) one of the best movies of all time (laughs) you mean like no one's like this is great yeah yeah we're like it's actually not that good i mean here's the thing is uh, i don't care what people say no i know i i know that's why i think it's funny yeah. yeah, I I think that's what the tots are here for. A hundred episodes in is that sometimes we're going to have the courage to have the take that no one else will. Have. They want to hear the truth. Actually, you know what? I take it back. I care what people have to say when it backs uh, what I like. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> this is if, the start of our friendship. <laughs> we were just acquaintances to this point. <laughs> I mean, you for sure, Jake. We're just acquaintances with us. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was that seemed. I'm I'm going back to your joke that Jake doesn't like any of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that was not how I read that. that I read was, it as that uh, was my joke, and I forgot I said it. I oh. I read that as you bullying the out of Jake. So. Yeah. Well, I like that interpretation of it too. I read okay. it as just going back to Jake always talking about how old the rest of us are. <laughs> yeah, like well, he's like Caesar says his mentors. No, just like we're too old to be friends. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we're people like, who are. I'm gonna be taking a grave for so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we're like yeah. This was crazy when this happened. Jake's like I don't remember that at all. I was yeah. Jake was like we, we were at war, but I was a kid. Yeah. And I, I chuckled a little. Yeah, bit. I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean the war that ended like last year? <laughs> well, sure, but like <laughs> yeah, still a yeah. kid, Tyler. Stop picking on him. Jake was still <laughs> watching Nickelodeon, and <laughs> oh, I mean for sure. I still watch some Nickelodeon shows, but uh, I don't think it was like for the last maybe like I don't know ten years what it was when I no, was a kid. You're right. You know? You're right. Like not in the media anymore for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, what uh, what did you guys think? So one of the things I brought up that I I really loved, and I know that like we are developing our friendship friendship and our our critical voice a little bit uh, as it comes to actually analyzing film. Uh, but one of the things I really loved that I wanted to make sure to bring up was uh, the lighting in this movie. Uh, I thought was really impressive. And one of the things I really liked that I don't know if it was super on the nose or obvious, 
but almost every time we see Rick, he's in some form of shadow. Uh, and every time we see Laszlo, he's fully lit. And then every time we see Ilsa, she has the like glow lighting about her where we were really like noticing her beauty, but I don't really think it was even about beauty. I think it was maybe about her, um, maybe like romanticism or idealism, uh, and just how the, the filmmakers all this time ago used tools that are still ardently important today, uh, in ways that, that really like moved along our understanding of the characters. I thought that was really powerful. Uh, and I wanted to see if anyone like had any thoughts or impressions about like the, the cinematography, but that's, I mean, that's something I've gone on record as like something I feel like I don't understand as much as I would like to, and I'm trying to pay more attention to it, uh, now, but I, I don't think I had those thoughts when I was watching it, but those were, that, that was the kind of the thought I had where I was like, th- that must be why it's one of the greatest movies of all time, because like maybe this was the first time they were doing something like that and something that probably persists to this day that like I probably take for granted at this point that like right. subconsciously it does that for me and I don't even necessarily realize it but maybe that just wasn't an idea like wasn't an idea before this movie yeah I do specifically remember a couple times like thinking like oh wow that was a really interesting shot mm. but I don't like now sitting in it remember what those shots specifically were. what they yeah. were see that's what uh, I'm kind of at that point right now where I'm watching things I'm like this is a very interesting shot and I don't know why they did it this way and I don't know what they're trying to tell me. <laughs> like, especially, I don't know if you guys watch Peaky Blinders. Uh, I did, did, yeah. Did, did, did you watch the last season that just came out? I haven't, I, I've watched a couple episodes but I haven't finished it yet. So they had so many shots in there that I thought were so bizarre. Like so many weird close-ups at weird angles where it's mm. like, like I am like right up on their face above them. And I'm like, what, like, what am I, why are they doing this? And I, I don't understand it, but I, I feel like that's the first step where I'm, I'm noticing. At yeah, least at this that point. is, no, yeah. that's great. That's uh, that's definitely like for sure the first step. Yeah, Zach, you've taken you know, the you, the only one of us that's ever taken a film class. Mm-hmm. What did your <laughs> film class have to say about this movie, or did you guys even talk about it? Um, yeah, honestly, I don't think that we even watched this movie. Wow, in India. you know what? There were a couple times where we had the option to watch one or the other. Oh, okay. And so maybe I chose something else instead of Casablanca. But like I watched CK yeah. in my film class. Talladega Nights. I watched Talladega Nights. You watched The Last Castle 10 times. <laughs> you know what? They they said if you can find a copy of The Last Castle, watch it. But <laughs> like, it's impossible to find. They said if you can find a copy, let us know because yeah. we've been looking for one. Because <laughs> I was hoarding them all. They're all in my house. Yeah. And Zach was like, don't worry. I have this friend that owns all the movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we watched like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, and, um, I don't remember some of the other movies that we watched, but I did not watch Casablanca for wow. it. Uh, I'm sure it got talked about, yeah. but also I took like a film intro class and so it, it we didn't get too in the weeds. I feel like if there was yeah. a movie to throw in the film intro class, it would be Casablanca. Maybe, but like, this is our hundredth episode. Sure. We we deemed 99 other movies more imminent to watch. Sure, sure. But also, <laughs> I mean, what do we know? You know? <laughs> but also, what does the CBU film program know? Got him. <laughs> 
I guess to to piggyback off the lighting thing, I didn't really think too much about the lighting. Okay. To be honest, but um, I I think that everything you said is probably true. I I I really wasn't focused too much on the cinematography. I think I have a harder time picking up on impressive cin- cinematography in older movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I oh sorry. I was just gonna say I was gonna pivot a little bit from cinematography. So if you oh actually I was gonna talk about the lighting because I think I did have one thought about the lighting where I thought like and I, I like. Oh, like things are like either like light or dark in black and white movies. And so I feel like that had to have been a very like a much more challenging because like you can't really have like, like interestingly, or I mean you can, it's probably just harder to get like interesting, like shadowy shots because it's, yeah. it's black or it's white, you know? Well, no, you make a really interesting point that like merits bringing up. And that's that uh, usually like photographers and filmmakers, they talk about two different types of contrast. So you have the contrast between light and dark, but then you also have color contrast. That's uh-huh. extremely important in conveying emotion. Like if everything is essentially the same tone, it conveys a very different emotion than if everything has a lot of color contrast, like the red and black stark, uh, red and black of something in the death star. You know what Uh I mean? Like color contrast actually does a lot to convey emotion. And in a black and white film, you don't have that going for you where you, you can only rely on the contrast of light and dark. So it's a really good point, Jake. It was the only thought I had where I was like, man, like this is like, like, like you got to just light it up and like it's light. Or it's dark and that's kind of it. Like, because I remember thinking, like, oh, I can't really see that. And it's like, well, it sucks that this is black and white, I guess, for that. Yeah, but maybe it doesn't. That they may yeah. have like leaned into that a little bit. And uh, and I, I I really do think I think they did a, a terrific job. That's a really great point, though, Jake. So anyway, sorry, Zach, you were gonna pivot. I was just gonna say I do remember thinking um, that I think this script is really good when I was watching the movie. Like I remember being really impressed with the script. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I have seen some takes uh, when I was kind of uh, doing a little bit of research on what makes Casablanca so impressive. A lot of people did say it was such a uh, great and, and smart script. And I remember like thinking that I agreed with that. I thought that a lot of the dialogue was really good, really witty and clever. Um, I really liked a lot of the lines from uh, the police chief. We haven't really talked about him at all. Oh, but yeah. I think that he was my favorite character. I would agree with that. I think he was the most interesting for sure. I thought he was very interesting. I thought he was very enjoyable. Um, and I think whoever played that that character uh, did a, a great job. He was the one that won the uh, the Oscar, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe that. But I don't know. What did you guys think about the script? Yeah, I, you know... I I actually really thought that the story arc was terrific, um, but I thought that the dialogue was kind of whatever. Like there were, again, those couple of like really iconic quotes that I probably really only care about in hindsight because they've become iconic. Well, like I think like for those quotes, like like the the beginning of a beautiful friendship, I think that has just kind of transcended this movie yeah i agree and like you you will have heard that even if you have no idea what casablanca is totally and and of all the gin joints like you know like that's a that's it it's it has transcended the movie so much but in hindsight like hearing that like of all the gin joints like hearing it delivered in that moment and not knowing that that was from this movie originally and seeing it, I was like, I don't think I care about that line in this film. And it feels a little clunkily delivered and not that like, like, why is that iconic? Why is it great? I don't really know. But I will say, I think the story of you have like Rick who uh, 
you know, fell in love in, in with Ilsa in, you know, sort of out of sequence of the plot in Paris, very much like portraying a romantic and ending very much like a romantic, but in the middle being like very cynical and like seeing like that develop and some of the like motivations for him to have been romantic, become cynical and then return to a romanticism to like, you know, uh, throw caution to the wind for a greater cause. You know, I, I, I think it was really interesting and I had read somewhere, um, or heard somewhere someone talk about this being like one of the greatest pieces of American propaganda ever because of that same kind of notion. Obviously this came out a year after Pearl Harbor and we had been very cynical as Americans about the world war up until Pearl Harbor and then became, uh, you know, at least in hindsight, people would describe us as being altruistic, but, uh, but we weren't for a long time. So all in all, I think it was, it had like really great, like cultural, um, like it, it spoke to culture in a, in a really cool way at the time. And in a way that's still meaningful, I think in hindsight and, and the story I, I think was just great. That's what I, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say like, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up that Rick kind of signified America and their stance in, in world war two. Um, because I didn't pick up on that watching the movie and then, read about that after the fact and that did kind of make me appreciate the film a little bit more and I was thinking about that as we were talking about this movie having been released during World War II uh, with that in mind if people were picking up on that would it have felt too timely or would it have kind of created a sense of patriotism or like um, I guess like unifying us in this uh, this cause together mm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. You know, I think that's a, a super interesting, like I don't know, just historical moment. Uh huh. And that's that's not something I think I thought of until you guys talked about it right now. But I think I guess to my point earlier, I, I don't even know if I would have watched it. You know, I'd have been like, ah, I'm tired yeah. of hearing about the war. So like maybe I wouldn't have ever even uh, seen it. Well, like, and I wonder, although you didn't watch this movie when it came out, but we had, we just recently reviewed Zero Dark Thirty, which is similarly like very timely like it's coming out like while we're in the midst of this kind of a thing and i didn't watch it until we right it for this. you didn't watch it until we watch it for this but but I, I i think that like similarly there is something really uh incredible about film about all stories whether that's literature television film uh youtube uh skits you know anything like that uh there is something really powerful about film's ability to uh, speak culture to be a mirror for culture, to really speak to people back to themselves about what they think about the world. Uh, and, and maybe that on its own is enough for me to say like, you know what? I think that this deserves a lot of the, the, the hype and accolades that it's had for all this time is that it was really, uh, you know, the one of the first of its kind in that way. It's interesting, too, you were talking about how some of the line delivery felt a little clunky, um, maybe not not great in your opinion. Uh, when I was watching this movie, and I'm curious if any of you guys felt similarly or maybe, like, as I say, you can, like, look back and, and determine if you agree with this or not. It felt like it had the rhythm of, like, a play. 
like a stage production mm-hmm. to me. Like yeah, I could see that. I think you, a lot of old movies feel like that to me. That's probably true. Um, and so I don't feel like I was watching this. And I think that as I as I was thinking through like comparing this to CK, uh, CK didn't feel that way to me. And I feel like that's why when I was watching CK, it felt ahead of its time more so than this movie, more so I think than a lot of older movies that I've seen because it didn't feel that way to me. It felt much more real. Like it just felt much more real life to me. And I felt like the characters in CK were developed much more and were just much more complex characters than these characters. Um, I feel like Orson Welles, I know you guys weren't crazy about his performance. I felt like he had better chemistry with multiple characters in that movie than Bogart does with Bergman in Casablanca. Yeah. I I mean, I don't disagree with you on your last point. Uh, but I do just want to say, uh, first rate work, Zach at, at coming back to being a CK simp. It's always been here. Uh, It's been very in the background. (laughs) I'll say, I, I definitely agree, uh, that they didn't have good chemistry. Like I didn't buy into their romance story at all. But I want to see a sequel to this about the beautiful friendship with uh, mm. Renault. And, oh, uh, gosh, that would be so Rick. great. Because yeah. I, I do think that was, uh, I, I wanted to say this, uh, and we've kind of touched on it, but I do feel like that was the best chemistry. I think, I think Bogey's chemistry was by far most evident with Reigns. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I don't I don't know how much of that was Humphrey Bogart and how much of that was whoever played Reigns. Reigns you know? yeah. Reigns. And you know who might uh, be a good person to spearhead that sequel, Scott? Mm. Madonna. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But, but who on earth, if Madonna is going to play Ilsa, who on earth could play uh, Rick. Rick? I think only Ashton Kutcher uh, could do it. <laughs> that's... That, I, more than the idea, because I don't know, Zach, I, I don't know if you want to explain... Yeah, uh, no, Madonna. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave that. I just am yeah. a huge, just leave. I it simp, Madonna fan. I simp for CK and I simp for Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Oh, not Madonna. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Madonna wanted to remake this movie in the two thousands as her playing Ilsa and Ashton Kutcher playing Rick, and every studio shot it down. Yeah, I would guess mostly because there's, what, like a 40-year difference between uh, Madonna, Madonna and, Ashton and Ashton Kutcher? I think because she wanted to remake it and not do a sequel. I think that's why they shot it down. <laughs> okay. I, think, I think more than, like, it's hilarious that Madonna wanted to remake this movie and put herself in it. I think in, in 22 years ago, way funnier to have her do a sequel now <laughs> with Ashton it, Kutcher. Wait, now. isn't, isn't Madonna dead? No, no, she's still alive. You thought Madonna was dead. I I'm, did. I'm fairly certain she's still alive. She's, she's alive for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I like, I, I don't keep up with her, but I'm positive. She's have you alive. been telling people she's dead? <laughs> yeah. You should probably stop. Maybe you're thinking of Betty white. Yeah. They're about the same age. No, 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 <laughs> no, because she's not the same age as Betty white. She's definitely she's like, not even close, not even close. I think an analog of Cher, who's still alive and making movies, but I haven't seen or heard anything about Madonna in a long time. She's like a uh, James Cameron, where she's been working on this. Casablanca. <laughs> she's, she's been working on Avatar Casablanca two. two for 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the most, recent uh interaction that i can think of right now with madonna was evita which i think was in the 90s so yeah i don't know didn't she do a super bowl halftime show she did a halftime show oh i don't i never i never watched the super bowl so maybe that's that's all right question if we were gonna remake casablanca today robert denny jr 
No, who? but who would you choose I, for um, the, the two? So I actually had this thought while I was watching it. Okay. I think, I mean, I don't know if this would be great. It might be bad. But I think that if we had to make Casablanca, if we had to remake it again, and I was the studio exec that was spearheading this, I'd have Damien Chazelle direct. Okay. Okay, I don't know who that is. Whiplash. Okay. La La Land. La La Land. Um, I would have Benedict Cumberbatch play Rick. Interesting. Yeah. I'd have Tom Hiddleston play Laszlo. Uh, Okay. (laughs) No? I don't know. It just feels a little formulaic. Are we doing a little MCU? Is this an MCU joke or is it a real pick? Okay. Uh, like it's it, hard to not pick an MCU yeah. actor. Two thirds of Hollywood have been in in uh, no, MCU you're right. at you're this right. point. You're right. Carry and on. about half of those people have their own movie. Carry on. Carry on. And then whatever blonde who has okay. not Scott been actually, you. No, 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 no. I actually have the only person that I have in mind cast is actually Ilsa. Okay. Oh. And it's Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I yeah. could I could really see her delivering the like uh, the composed but also the conflicted side of Ilsa. All right, hear me out on this. You guys might think this is ironic, but I think Daniel Day-Lewis for Rick. I think he's uh, maybe a little too old. I, you know, actually, I don't know. Like that, that is a funny, like, obviously it's a funny take <laughs> because of your impression from, uh, there will be blood where you said that he was the worst actor <laughs> that you had ever seen. Uh, that's why I want to recast him here is yeah. this was also bad. See, see what he, <laughs> see what he could do with so a you lesser script. To stay bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Just see what he could do Stick with to a the much heart less. of the movie. Impressive. The heart of the movie is being bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I could see him as Rick. And actually, it's funny because I felt through much of the time that, you know, Bogey was probably too old for the character he was playing in this movie, to be honest. I think he was 43 when they made this. Yeah, but he, like, 43 in the 40s was, like, 80. You know what I mean? And that was the thing. They always had, like, super old leads that, fall in love yeah. with young, attractive she, women. Well, that, she that was, was the 16 in, years younger than him. That was the thing, I feel like, until maybe 20 years ago, where, like, if you were, if you were, uh, you know, a leading man in Hollywood, you were just a leading man in Hollywood for 50 years. Right. And then you died. Yeah. And then if you were a leading lady, you were a leading lady for maybe, like, five years. Yeah. And then you died. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ingrid. They had to die? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm super into, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to Daniel Day-Lewis as Rick. Uh, but I'm wondering if there are any American actors that we could cast in this. I, w- I would have been opposed to Daniel Day Lewis, except for let's uh, a little teaser for what's coming up, Lincoln, where I felt like I, I, I now I feel like I could see him just transform into anything at all. You know? <laughs> yeah, all right. I agree. Yeah, I that's mean, true. I wouldn't veto DDL in anything. In probably, anything so. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chris said, Pratt. Okay. Go. go okay. No, no, we're in your no. home. Go. Go to your bedroom. Yeah. Go to. Yeah. <laughs> Take your dog and get out. I feel like Chris Pratt could do this justice. Just shut up. Chris Pratt is going to play Mario. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not even. So he's got range. All right. (sighs) No, I, I was with you on DDL. I'm out on Pratt. Okay. Tom Hiddleston. I was watching last. I'm like, that's Tom Hiddleston. 
Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I, th- I thought like he looked I, like him to me, and I feel like he had very similar mannerisms. I I maybe disregarded it too early. Take out Cum- Cumberbatch. MC, Let's yeah, take him yeah, out. I feel like yeah, I was yeah. too put off by Cumberbatch because even in a vacuum, let's say you didn't say Tom Hiddleston after Cumberbatch, I don't. I don't think I like Cumberbatch. I don't really? have a better idea, but I don't. I don't like. Well, I do like DDL. So let's say DDL for Rick. I feel like Cumberbatch can do that, like cynical. Yes. Like, I mean, he does it kind of for Doctor Strange, but he did it very much so in like The Power of the Dog. Yeah. I didn't watch Power of the Dog yet. I, watched, I watched part of it and like I, I could see him doing a Rick. Why did you only watch part of it? Because I didn't, didn't like, like it. it. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty what slow. About, what about Rick from Walking Dead to play this Rick? No. Andrew Lincoln, no. another British actor. <laughs> no. Yeah. Why can we not cast an American as Rick? But I'm fine with DDL and, and I personally like Rosamund Pike playing Ilsa. I, I like think, Rosamund I think Pike. she could I, I think she could do that. Is. But let's and and I'm I'm I will sign uh, for sure affidavit. Hiddleston as uh, as Laszlo. But who is going to play the captain? Sorry, hold on. What affidavit are you signing? No, he you said he was going to sign it. What, who, who wants an affidavit <laughs> for that? All right. The studio, which Zach is the 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 leader of yeah okay so jake you you now have to come up with uh with a plausible captain the the german guy for no, captain louis yeah. Renault. no not the, the french. german guy the, yeah the, the french, french captain guy. the french captain what the french beautiful captain. the corrupt french the main wait hold on that's not who uh, never mind hold on i'm sorry <laughs> have you been thinking of the 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 nazi? german the who, nazi who are we talking about for 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 what's his name hiddleston laszlo the the oh, jewish geez, i'm an idiot jewish guys man. i'm so sorry that recontextualizes the whole conversation. For okay, me. yeah. Now yeah. I see why you you were shocked. Yeah. I said Tom Hiddleston, yeah, for the okay. police officer. I do yeah. too. Yeah, because yeah. I I was really thinking you were saying the police officer no. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm so you're sorry. Like, I'm yeah. like he looks just like him, and you're like, what are you talking? About? Really, I was like, man, Zach's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Yeah, I'm the idiot. <laughs> so with that though, who who do you think? Since you've been thinking about the captain this whole time, who are you thinking for the captain? Tom Middleston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just does a Norbit and plays both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm blanking on his name, but uh, the the German guy f- uh, from Django. Oh, are you talking about Christoph Waltz? Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Because when you were when you're like, oh, oh cast man. a Nazi. That's like, a yeah. great. That's a great as uh, Renault. That's a really great. That might be the best recast. I think that uh, Christoph Waltz. I, I wish he did more American movies. I don't know if he's doing German movies right now, but like, I just love him. I watched Django recently again and Inglorious Bastards actually both on a plane. Uh, and he's just great. I just yeah. want to see him in, in anything I watch. Yeah. But I, I think the, the, the complexity of Renault, I think he could really deliver on. Cause he's, that character is very playful. Mm-hmm. And Christoph Waltz playful. can do like sinister playfulness very well. Well, and but here's the thing, Renault. I don't think he's sinister necessarily. He's just opportunistic, right? Like sure, he's but- just like like he's like like my favorite. I think my favorite moment in this movie is when the is when he the captain shuts down Rick's club, and he's like. He's like, I had no idea that gambling was going on in this place, which obviously we know he does. And then immediately after the guy comes up and says, you're winnings. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he like puts in his pocket and walks like that. Like moment. I feel like Christoph Waltz could really like heighten and, uh, and deliver so hilariously. Let's remake it. Call Madonna. <laughs> well, she doesn't get to act as Ilsa in this. She's well, gonna pay for the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Madonna, you're too old. But Rosamund Pike, let me tell you, she might sign off on it. 
We'll throw Kutcher in as like a secondary, and she might be okay with it. At least Kutcher. Oh, Kutcher, gets Kutcher in. is like the 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 fat competing club owner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. At the blue parrot, we'll get yeah. the same guy who did the costuming for Tom Hanks and Elvis to do Kutcher <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm into it. My, <laughs> my my favorite trend in movies is just getting somebody and then completely changing the way they look and are, and then putting them in a thing. <laughs> and it's like, why am I? Why don't I just watch a cartoon or a prosthetic? Like, <laughs> Oh man. Well, Hey, you know what? Uh, this, this episode has been terrific so far, but before we put this in the books, I just want to thank all of our tots one more time for getting us through 100 episodes. Honestly, we, uh, wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to, to, to have the, the gumption, at least Scott and I wouldn't to have continued (laughs) on to this point without you guys. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean that to dis- detract from, uh, Jake and Zach's appreciation and love for you more. So Scott and I's apparent, uh, belief in this from the beginning. Well, I do have appreciation, but I remember having a conversation with, I actually it was none of you guys, but it was one of my friends. And I said, I honestly, I would make this for nobody. Like yeah. if not a single person listened, I still like it. Yeah. I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. So, you know, I, that was why I didn't think we would stop, Yeah, because I just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, and I do too, but, but it, it's really because of you guys. And so in honor of that, uh, we've decided to do something for you guys this week, uh, but we have no idea what that is. And so we're going to decide that this very moment for you. Oh, wow. Uh, but if it, what we'd love for you guys to do is uh, if you haven't <laughs> go and <laughs> go and uh, write like a, a, like a kind of look of fear in Scott's face. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, what we would love for you guys to do is go and uh, it, even if you listen to us on Spotify or iHeart or Dribble or whatever <laughs> other podcast platform you use, if you'd go crackle, uh, it, crackle uh, pop, is that one of them? Snap, crackle, pop. Yep. Uh, is there if, really one called Dribble? I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you go to uh, if you go to Apple, because uh, everybody has an Apple ID at this point. If you go to Apple, go to Apple Podcasts, find us, and write a review this week between Monday and Friday. Uh, we're going to take. Uh, everyone who writes a review, put them into a drawing to win uh, a fantastic prize from us that we're going to decide right now what it is. So but before we decide, Tyler, I just want you to know that at some point you activated Siri and Siri has been recording every word uh, on your watch for probably a minute. It's still recording. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like it's just been going. So I don't know what she's pulling up for you. But <laughs> it's going to be terrific. Let yeah. me tell you. Um, Maybe she'll come up with the prize. I think oh, yeah. she just created a dribble account for you. <laughs> <laughs> she she created a, a podcast platform called Snap, Crack, Snap Crackle Pop. <laughs> so what do you guys think? What are we going to give away for for uh, one lucky tot who decides to review us on Apple? I don't like the potatoes. I say I don't know what the rules are on shipping rotten food, but that potato, <laughs> <laughs> that potato that I talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, I don't know, is still uh, on the floor in my my condo complex. I could ship that. For sure. Like, I'll grab it. We're going to find fingerling potatoes that match all of our fingers yeah. and then ship them to them. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you guys what. We will give away a $50 gift card to Fandango uh, or some other movie uh, site of your choice or movie location of your choice in order to uh, help promote more people watching movies that you absolutely should have seen by now. Uh, and like so Jurassic world, like Jurassic 3. world three top gun two, which is phenomenal. 
uh, or anything that that's coming out in the very near future. But we love you guys. We're so appreciative of you. And so if in this next week you go and write a review, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $50 gift card uh, to the movie location of your and choice. If you win, please message us uh, if you do or do not want us to send that rotten potato. Uh, <laughs> and if legally we're allowed to, uh, I'll do it. We'll do that one for free. That's just a, that's a cherry on top. Yeah. <laughs> or rotten potato. Are we going to frame top? it first or just like throw it in a bag? We're just going to just drop it right just in the box. Throw it through the window. <laughs> I don't know. If I pick it up, it might just go to mush, but we'll see. We'll insert the gift card into the potato. Can we you. get a, uh, like a video, like the making of? <laughs> <laughs> for sure, I'll video myself picking it up. <laughs> and putting it into a box. Yeah, yeah for okay. sure. That's sweet. Yeah. I want to win. Can I enter? You are ineligible. Oh. You can enter. What if we Scott just ineligible to win? What if Scott quits the podcast and enters? Yeah. Would he be a tot at that point? No, no, no. Because just like Dan, even though he's dead now, oh. uh, he was once affiliated. And mm. so any uh, any family members are also ineligible. So I'm sorry. I think contractually we're, we're up for a, uh, an opportunity to say that we know someone named Claire. And Claire, you're ineligible to win. Oh. <laughs> that, because because you're related. Oh, my, my, my heart just broke in my chest. A little bit. <laughs> okay, I take it back. I take I'll it say, back. Don't worry, Claire. I'll, I'll, I'll let you win. So yeah. If I'll, your name is chosen. I'll bring you a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I'll handle it. You're, right. you're still eligible to win, Claire. Just not your dad. So yeah, True. go and uh, rate us and comment about what you think on apple is what we're saying yeah let's we're, we're just apple gonna or pick google one. or just apple uh we're just gonna pick apple for now okay yeah just so that it's easy for us to you know compile and make sure that we're not you know missing anybody yeah well stick around till episode 200 we'll do google <laughs> <laughs> episode 200 we're buying google <laughs> yeah oh man well with that uh we are getting out of here so what do you say we put this one in the books yeah let's rate it zach you're up first um, I'm going to give Casablanca a, I'll give it an eight gin joints. Jake, I'm going to give it, um, uh, 7.6, um, very timely scripts. Tyler, <laughs> I'm going to give this uh 7.8 play it again, Sam's. And I'm going to give it 7.9. Uh, planes taking off at the end to save the day. What a crazy cluster! That's uh, maybe the tightest clustering we've ever had. No, we've had one that was. We've had we've had a few before. Yeah, pretty close. This comes out to a seventy-eight percent here on Rotten Potatoes. Once again, the other guys gave this a ninety-nine percent, and IMDb gave it an eight point five. So we're a little bit underneath both of them. Uh, but yeah, seventy-eight percent. And still with that seventy-eight, a lot of love and respect, but just being real about like. There have been better movies since. Do you know what I think <laughs> though? Like about like I'll I'll give this movie credit for is like I was thinking about it the next day where I was like I don't know specifically about uh, Ilsa where I was like I don't mm. know what she wanted what she was doing but I was still thinking about it. You that's know? fair. So that's that's the sign of something. You know, if if it keeps you thinking, then that's good. I think so. And and I think if I know three quotes from this movie that I didn't know were from this movie, that's that's also pretty impressive. You know. Yeah. You know, or like sometimes you're like you're like playing a movie trivia game, you know, and, <laughs> and you get maybe the most famous quote of all time from a movie. And then you pitch it to the only guy, you know, that's ever taken a film class to be like, Hey, guess the movie 
when I say, here's looking at you, kid. And then he looks at me like, I've never heard that before in my entire life. Yeah, I told you. And I, that guy's Zach. I didn't watch that movie in that film class. Yeah, well, I, I had never seen it and I still knew. <laughs> well, you know? Tyler, what, uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, we are taking a big left turn from Casablanca, and we are watching one of one of our very few sequels that we've done before, and that's Lethal Weapon 2. Nice. Yeah, so we're going from uh, uh, greatest reviewed movie of all time to definitely not the greatest uh, summer blockbuster of all time. Another buddy cop movie, yeah. just like Casablanca. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship yeah. was the uh, the uh, line that inspired Shane Black to write. Yeah, it was a modern day weapon. version of a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, so you think Madonna knew that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So with that, uh, Jake, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I think that this is just. This episode is just going to be effed up.